Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Today's opening tip, Logo LeBron made an appearance last night in Game 4. John C., is, is everyone just going to pull up from half court from now on? Is this where we are? Oh, man, why am I in the studio and not in the league? <laughs> I could have did that. Mr. Big Shot. <laughs> Come on, man, Matt. You that, was that was sweet. That was sweet. insane. James is pushing the limits, but everyone for- forgot who started this with Steph. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I don't think anyone I forgot forget. that. I will also say that I'm old enough to remember when LeBron, quote, couldn't shoot. So there's that, too. Welcome to The Jump. I'm Rachel Nichols. I'm coming to you from our L.A. studios that are now officially located on Kobe Bryant Boulevard, which feels so Right, right, today. right. Today, I am joined by Mr. Chauncey Billups, 2004 NBA Finals MVP, five times All-Star, <laughs> Mr. Big Shot. Happy Chauncey. to be here. Happy Thanks to so be much. here. 14-year NBA vet turned host of All the Smoke, Matt Barnes, and Matt, we haven't been with you in the studio for a while, so I got to talk to you about something, because in 2017, you were a member of the Warriors, who won the title that year, of course. You participated in a ring ceremony, especially for you, with your sons the following season, but you did not pick the ring up and take it with you. (laughs) Come on. spoke recently on the podcast about feeling like you didn't quite earn it, right? Because you got injured and because you didn't play that many minutes in the postseason, but... The Golden State Warriors uh-huh. vehemently disagree with you uh-huh. so, so do much. I. So do I, by the way. They had a courier drive your ring down from the Bay Area get, get to here. Los Angeles <laughs> when they heard you were coming into the studio yeah, today. Oh, we are yeah. so honored to present hey. you with your hey, 2017 man. NBA championship ring. Oh, man. And Ooh. as you look at that sucker, I got a message from your old coach. Take a look. Coach Kerr, my guy. Hey, Matt, congratulations. Uh, about time you took this ring. I mean, we've been trying to give it to you for about three years. So, oh, man. Uh, no, in all seriousness, I just want to say uh, this was well-deserved. You played a big role on our team in, in 17, especially when KD went down. And uh, you were a great leader. You were fantastic to coach, one of the most competitive people I've ever been around. And uh, you brought Warriors fans a lot of thrills over the years, going back to the, uh, the We Believe era. So uh, thank you for everything you've done for our organization. Enjoy the ring. You are an NBA champion forever, and don't ever forget that. Wow. That That's man's special. got a lot of rings on his finger, hey, so man. I think he uh, Thank you, guys. I appreciate that, man. It's, it, it's an honor. You know, so the story got tossed and turned around. So what happened was they had a special ceremony for me. Obviously, the uh, best part was my kids got rings, too. Um, but they had me, because this is so big, I didn't want to sit in the stands with it, so they put it in a room, and then when I was ready to leave, the room was locked, and then I've just, it's just been cat and mouse ever since. So thank you. Raymond Ritter held on to it for a long time. Thank you, Ray. I appreciate that. And the Warriors organization, it was an honor to uh, get front row seats to one of the greatest teams ever to do it. Thank you. Beautiful. That's dope. We don't have as many people in the studio clapping for me. Right, I will go give them a hug and some love right now. It's hard to be a champion, but that's beautiful. I was going to say, Chance, you know that even if, you know, he wasn't the leader in minutes in the playoffs and a different role on that team, what a part Matt played in not just that year, but the organization. Absolutely, and Coach Kurt, he expressed it beautifully. I mean, KD goes down. You get a tough, you know, Matt, he's been around a, a long time. He makes big shots. He guards all the tough guys. 
he's a part of that fabric and that culture. And, and, and you talk about who brought some toughness to the team and some leadership to the guys. I mean, he didn't get the credit, but Matt done a terrific job that year. Thank you, guys. All right, so, Matt, I know you're that. not the kind of guy who's going to wear that around all the time, but no. for the rest of this show, <laughs> will it. you wear your ring, please? I'll keep it in the box. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I tried, guys. I, I tried. I tried. Well, thank you so much. Thank you to everyone on the Warriors. Coming up on this show, we're going to update you on Damian Lillard's status for Game 5 tomorrow night after he left Game 4 with a knee injury. We're expecting to get results from his second MRI at some point today. First, though. So Chris Paul doesn't go away. Period. Ever. It's that relentlessness that has enabled him at six foot one to become one of the great true point guards in the 74 year history of the NBA. It's also sometimes what can turn people off about him. I mean, there are certainly those who just want him to give it a rest sometimes. But man, are those people missing out on appreciating a skill that's just as impressive as his silky mid range or his dazzling court vision. Just look at where CP is now, 35 years old, playing on a team that was supposed to be rebuilding. He was traded to that team in part because he was supposedly injury prone, because he was supposedly slowing down, because his strong will was supposedly grating on some of his teammates. And what did he do? Instead of conceding to what many would just treat as a lost season, he took stock of the limited weapons he had left at his disposal and he sharpened them. He couldn't change having younger, inexperienced teammates, but he could work overtime to tutor them and speed up their development. He couldn't change how old he was, but he could change how old he felt. He went vegan, reshaped his workout routine, and got back some of the lift and endurance he had five years ago. And since he knew the Thunder were never going to regularly just steamroll into games and overpower people, he honed the art of picking his spots, becoming the most statistically clutch player in the NBA. Basically, he refused to go away. And so is it any surprise that once we got to these playoffs and the Thunder found themselves down 2-0 to the very Rockets team that traded him last summer, Chris Paul didn't back off, that he took his lackluster performances in games one and two and turned things around for game three? Or that last night in game four, when the Rockets led by as many as 15, he just kept coming. Uh, ironically, it's the stretch of that game that Houston dominated where you can learn the most about Chris. This was right after halftime when Houston went eight for eight from three, an onslaught that would have mentally wrecked most opponents. But through that whole stretch, CP was steady, personally scoring 11 amid the Rockets' surge. Kept OC afloat just enough that when the Rockets then started missing, the Thunder were ready. And it wasn't just Chris. Dennis Schroeder was excellent in this game. Lou Dort continued to be a defensive revelation. And the small ball lineup that coach Billy Donovan pulled the trigger on down the stretch did exactly what it was supposed to do. In fact, over the final 18 minutes or so, the Thunder outscored the Rockets 44 to 26. And that includes that crazy prayer heave that Daniel House hit just before the buzzer. The win tied the series at two apiece. It also cemented OKC as the NBA's best comeback team. Did you know that the Thunder lead the league in winning percentage in games where they've trailed by 15 points or more? In fact, the only teams who are better at that in the past 20 years, including the playoffs, are the 2017 Golden State Warriors and the 2011 Dallas Mavericks, both of which won titles. Now, I'm not saying I'm picking the Thunder to win it all this year. They're going to have to fight just to win this series, especially if Russell Westbrook comes back from his quad injury. But I'm not surprised that a Chris Paul team is one of the best teams ever at coming back and winning games they should probably lose. Chris Paul does not go away. It's going to be fun these next few games watching him. 
So, Chauncey, it hasn't escaped everyone's attention that the guy that Chris Paul was traded for, Russell Westbrook, is missing this game with injuries <laughs> and that Chris Paul had the knock on him, that he was the one who was injury prone. How much pressure do you think is on the Rockets to bring Westbrook back? Um, I mean, obviously, that, that's the low-hanging fruit, right? You want to bring Russ back and then you want to win two in a row, the game's over, the series is over. It's not that easy. Mm -hmm. um, you want to bring Russ back when he's healthy. I mean, let's face it. They won two games in the series without Russ mm -hmm. um, and was up big in the last game. So not too much pressure. I'm pretty sure Russ wants to be out there. We all know that. But, man, this, this Chris Paul's a winner. He's just a winner, Period. you know, and, and everything you spoke about is so true. Like, he's going to fight until the fight is over. It doesn't matter. That's just who he is. That's why he's one of the greatest that ever laced him up at that position. But I don't think it's that much pressure to bring Russ back. No, I agree. And I think what's most important, obviously, is his health, especially mm -hmm. with a player that plays with so much explosiveness as Russ does. And you can see him on the court before the game. He looks good. But those are all pre-decisions -de -pre that he knows, I'm going to drive by, go dunk. I'm going to do this. I'm going to pull up. But in the game, you have to react on a fly. And someone, like I said, explosive, is fast, and plays as hard as Russ does, those unexpected moves are the ones that you're really have to gonna watch for. So to me, someone who had quad injuries in my career, knowing how hard they are and how long they actually take to heal, I would err on the side of caution with, with Russ, because like I said, this is something you don't want to nag, you don't want to tear. Um, what's most important is him getting healthy. And like Sean said, they've already won two games without him, so they're gonna have to see how it goes um, if Russ is not prepared to go. And look, I understand the temptation, right? It's not just the points or assists, it's a pacing, right? The Rockets' pace has just been totally different, especially these past couple games without him on the court. Mike Dan Tony spoke about this today. He said he thinks Russell Westbrook is day-to-day -day at this point. He said, I'm not going to rule anything out or rule anything in. He said, we will see. So we'll keep an eye on that for you. I do want to move on to the Miami Heat, though, guys, because the Heat completed their sweep over the Pacers in a really competitive game four last night. Coming into this series, we expected six or seven games. Matt, was the sweep more about the Heat being really good or the Pacers being banged up? What do you see here? I think more about the Heat being better than I think we thought. Um, it's all about being hot. I think you throw records out, out, out of uh, the situation, especially with the bubble and the, the layoff and everything. So to me, it's about whoever gets hottest at the right time. The Heat are peaking at the right time, and they're loaded. And Jimmy Butler's been uh, a hell of a pickup, but more of a, just a motivator, a veteran that gives guys like Tyler, Tyler Hero playing Unlike a rookie, giving, uh, you know, Andre Iguodala brings that same championship experience, giving confidence to Duncan Robin. I think they've done a good job of empowering their younger players because they know how important they are. So this is kind of my upset alert for the second round. I think hey. Miami can beat Milwaukee in the second round because they match up well. And to me, it's not about you're not going to stop Giannis, but can you contain the Bucks supporting cast? And I think they have the defense and then the big shot makers on the other side to be able to do that. Matt's dropping some gems. I mean, first and foremost, Coach Nate McMillan did a great job this year. I mean, he had no Oladipo all season, unleashed Sabonis. He became an all-star. Um, he did a great job, but I'm rolling with Matt. This is all about the heat. You know, the heat are, are really, really good. That heat culture is real, and it always has been, and Riley has been that way since Matt, Pat Riley got there. And I got to give Jimmy Butler and his leadership some credit. You know, Jimmy has, has done a hell of a job down there. Um, of just getting those young boys going. I mean, they got a young roster, a very, very young roster, but they play hard, they play together. And when you're led properly and you have leadership on that bench, you always have a chance. One of the things I've learned most from all you guys in covering the league is just how big a deal fit is, right? That the top 5% or the bottom 5% of guys would be who they are anywhere. But there is a middle 90% 
where if you find the right fit, that activation can be incredible. Right. And we certainly have seen Jimmy Butler and Miami are the right fit for Absolutely. each other. I'm taking notes on you, though, Matt, because I've heard from Jimmy Butler. He thinks that they could beat the Bucks, But hearing you say it is interesting, I too. We will keep an eye on that. Coming up in this show, Sixers GM Elton Brand spoke today. He said he's not looking to trade either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid after an embarrassing first-round exit. Is that the right choice? What should they do? We will discuss that next right here on The Jump. GEICO presents Monster Counseling. Dracula, tell me how you're feeling. No one understands how lonely it is. No one will even let me into their house. I knock and I knock, but they ignore me. Uh Uh-huh. What else? I look in the mirror and... (laughs) I don't even see myself anymore. If you don't see yourself clearly, can you really expect others to? I'm having a breakthrough. It's not easy to be a vampire. But with GEICO, it's super easy to switch and save hundreds on your car insurance. Let's check out today's Make or Miss, brought to you by Michelob Ultra. We'll make history, breaking the action during Rockets Thunder, and Russ and Steven Adams exchanged some words. You know, they were so close in Oklahoma City. Chauncey, <laughs> you surprised to see this? No, man. Listen, this is a basketball game. It's all love. I'm pretty sure they may talk when they see each other in a bubble, but it's a dogfight out here. I'm not always going to be happy with my good friends. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Matt? I mean, you guys know me. I love it. Part of <laughs> right. the game. Uh, right. The ultimate competitor, and he can't be out there on the court. He's going to try to say something uh, to be a part of it. So uh, I love it. I think it's good for the game, and I can't wait to see Russ get back on the court. There you go. Miss freebies. Anthony Simmons, Simon's out running. LeBron, let's get the highlight here there. Baits him into going through the layup and then erases it off the backboard. <laughs> Matt. Does he not know that this is what LeBron does? Come on, young fella. You got to be better than that. I'm I'm sure he's seen it do it plenty of times. He's probably a fan of him doing it to other people, but he got him, and this is his welcome to the NBA. Even if he didn't have cable, he had, they played 2K. Something. So I know he's seen that somewhere. He's got, he's got, (laughs) he's to see it. Make Iceman. Tyler Hero takes the Iggy Pass, drives in, finishes it Mm. with the finger roll slash mini hook. Chauncey, you got to love this kid, right? I do love that kid. I really do. But I'm not going to let y'all call him Iceman. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I got to respect the, uh, the real Iceman, George, George Gervin. I, I can't let – he got to do a little bit, little bit more shot. work for that. I can't Tell let you do shot. that, Rach. <laughs> I love Tyler Hero. He, he plays like he's got three or four years under his belt, and I think that's a tribute to Jimmy Butler and Andre Iguodala giving these young players confidence because they know they're going to need him in the playoffs. And what you guys said earlier, just organizationally, they pick yeah. the guys that fit with that program. Be nice, though, for real. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. See? Ice in his veins. He got that swag, was- for real. I like that. You know. Got wild till he makes uh, that George Gervin poster yeah, that nice. Miss happiness. Check out this Euro step in the half court by Giannis. Then mm. uh, uh, some yeah. choice words for Vucevic. Yeah. Does he seem a little angrier than normal here, Matt? He better be. Uh, he's got a hungry Miami team waiting for him the next round. Uh, you know, Giannis has been Giannis. Is his supporting cast going to step up? They did last game, but are they going to do it throughout the playoffs? I can't wait for that series. That's going to be a beautiful, beautiful series right there, man. The second round looks so good. Everywhere, the whole both series. I don't want to have myself, but looks so good. All right, I want to shift our attention to Philadelphia. Sixers fans are still asking, how did it all go wrong this season? You didn't arrive at this place 
this season. I'm looking at everything if I'm the Sixers. What do you think the issue is with this team? That was a stupid question. There's no issue. There was a lot of stuff going on and just, you know, leave and learn. Sixers have fired head coach Brett Brown and expect more changes ahead in Philly. It was just a weird season. I have a lot of regrets. been a journey. Earlier today, Sixers GM Elton Brand did speak to reporters for the first time after firing head coach Brett Brown yesterday. Brand says that he will solely be the one leading the coaching search and said that the idea about trading Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid, yeah, he's not into it. I'm not looking to trade um, Ben or Joel. I'm looking to compliment them better. Uh, they're 24, 26 years old, respectively. You try to make that fit as, as long as you can. They want to be here. They want to be with our organization. And I see them here for a long, long time. Chauncey, is this smart? I agree with Elton. I really do. And here's why. Um, those are generational talents. They really are. And you, those guys just don't come around very often. And, yeah, they haven't gotten it done. But here's what I look at. They've only had one guy try it, right, Brett Brown. And from the reports from all the players, the Jimmy Butlers a couple years ago, and some of the guys even now saying, you know, Brett's a great guy didn't hold everybody accountable. Matt, you've been around a long time, so have I. All the best coaches I've played for, I didn't like them every day. But they held you accountable, they challenged you, they demand excellence out of you, and they need a guy like that. But those two dudes are special young players. I think they need more shooting around them. I think they're kind of big and kind of play slow right now, you know, where the league has went the other way. You got Al at the four, Tobias at the three. I think both of those guys are playing out of position. Al's a five, Tobias is a four in today's game. So they got to find a way, like Elton said, I want to compliment these dudes a little bit better, which means maybe some roster changes are coming. I put a lot of uh, onus on, on Elton. I think they've taken a step back as far as what they surrounded him with. I think they are heading in the right direction a few years ago when they put shooting around Ben. You had JJ, you mm -hmm. had Ilya Sova. Mm -hmm. you, had a Jimmy, man. You, had yeah. you had a handful of guys that could play off Ben well and then Embiid was Embiid. I also question leadership, and that has nothing to do with Brett Brown. Uh, Chauncey knows he's always been a leader in the locker room. I've been a leader in the locker room. It's not always your best player. So we've been waiting on Embiid to be a leader. It may just not be him. So who is it going to be? Is it going to be Butler? Is it going to be Tobias Harris, their highest paid player? So I think he slips under the radar a lot because he is their highest paid player. And I think that for some reason or not, there's never any pressure or any scrutiny on him. So I'm holding him more accountable. But I definitely think they need to add to the roster because I agree, those are two generational talents, very talented young players. And I think, uh, you know, Ben Simmons is starting to come of age. I think he's starting to get the fear of just shooting. You're going to miss. Everyone misses. Steph misses. But yeah. you have to be able to shoot it. And I love what, what I love what Ben does on the defensive end. So I agree with Elton. You keep your two centerpieces, but you have to do a better job of surrounding them with guys that fit them. Well, look, it's a challenge, right? I mean, they don't fit naturally together. We know that. But I, we just put a graphic up there. I don't know if the control room can show it again of sort of three years ago, they fit pretty well, they were great. right? They were plus 15 when they were on the court together. Then last season, that was cut in half, about plus eight. This season, you can see how low that number is. And what didn't change was Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. What didn't change was even Brett Brown. What changed was the pieces mm -hmm. around them. They had some bad luck. The Markel Fultz sort of Experiment. saga did not go, look, Certainly, Danny Ainge saw something. So we can't say they didn't, could never have seen it coming because Boston did. Mm -hmm. But that being said, you don't expect, none of the people scouting that draft expected what happened with Markel Fultz to actually happen. Yeah. But it did happen. 
And then, by the way, after working with him, they did get rid of him. And you mentioned Tobias Harris. Markel Fultz had more made threes in the first round of the playoffs than Tobias Harris did. That is not the number you yeah. want. He is their highest paid max player. They decided to give him the five-year max over Jimmy mm. Butler. Over Jimmy And that Butler. was a decision as well. And there was some mm. conflict, was right, with Jimmy and the coaching staff. And did you really want some uneasiness there when you've already got uneasiness with Joel and Ben? But I think they need to take a very hard look at the decision-making of who they put around these Absolutely. guys. Not just acquiring them, but how they decide who should get which contract, how they decide which pieces to trade away, the trade that they made for Tobias you got to scratch your head at that a little bit. And it's not Tobias's fault. I think he is a certain kind of player, and they're trying to make him into a five-year max player. And, and it just hasn't happened yet. So we will see what goes on with them. Coming up, we are going to update you on Damian Lillard's status for Game 5 tomorrow night. Remember, he left Game 4 with that knee injury. First, though, it's time for another installment of NBA at the Symphony. Take it away, LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James with the reverse. Young man, bring it on out. Show him what you got, baby. Show him what you got. Good move by LeBron. Does this place look haunted? No, I don't think so. What about those two creepy girls? Come stay with us. That is truly frightening. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's great service. With Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents. Uh, thank you, creepy girls. Want to see our room? Mm, we're gonna sleep in the car now. Happy Geico-ween. Switch today for 24-7 access to licensed agents. Game four on eight, 24. When I looked up there and seen 24 to eight, I was like, okay, he's here in the building. LeBron with a long three, and that one's down. From both coaches, and a turnaround is good for Anthony Davis, LeBron James. He'll take it all the way, LeBron James with the reverse. Well, as LeBron takes the deep three, oh, my goodness. I just like to say this to put a button on it. Lakers have won three straight. It's a beautiful, beautiful night for our, for our franchise, and it's something that, that we probably will always uh, remember. Welcome back to The Jump. I'm Rachel Nichols, still socially distanced from Matt Barnes, <laughs> Chauncey Phillips. You just saw some Lakers highlights as they cruised to another win last night, but I want to get to a significant injury from that game. Damian Lillard appeared to injure his right knee on a drive to the hoop in the third quarter. The Blazers said an MRI on his knee was, quote, inconclusive and that he would get another MRI today. So we'll keep you posted throughout the show if that news breaks within this hour. But, Matt, just given what we know already, how cautious should Portland be? Because, look, they are down 3-1 to the Lakers. We know Damian Lillard. He is going to want it. He's going to say, put me back on the court. Put me back on the court. Put me back on the court. And we say sometimes, oh, if it was the playoffs, he'd play. Well, it's the playoffs. This is do or die. How much do you balance that with long term? Dame is the ultimate competitor. Uh, you know, came through next game with a dislocated finger and played like it didn't matter. Um, but if I'm, I'm the Blazers, I'm overcautious, ultimately cautious, because you got to remember they're the same ones that allowed Brandon Roy to do what Brandon Roy wanted to do or 
allowed Brandon Roy to do with the competitive nature of his game and play on bad knees and ended his career shortly. So I'm not saying Dame is even close to that as far as this injury. I hope it's nothing. I hope it's maybe just some bruising. But we all know, and like I said, they're competitors. The Lakers are going to win this series, and I'm more important and uh, I'm more concerned with Dame's long-term health than trying to, you know, come back from a 3-1 deficit. I agree 100%. I mean, I'm not messing around at all with Dame Lillard. I mean, he, he's given all he has. I'll tell you the irony of it. When I seen what happened yesterday on Mamba Day, mm -hmm. all I could think about was, you know, Dame has given every single thing he has. I can remember Kobe trying so hard to get that team in yep. 2013 into the playoffs. Yep. He's playing 46 minutes a game. Mm -hmm. He's doing everything. Tears his Achilles and just wears down. Yep. Right. That's what I seen yesterday with Dane. You know, and the irony of it is, is on, on, on Kobe's day, on Mamba day. So I'm not messing around, man. I'm not messing around. This, this dude is the real deal. I mean, he's, he's given everything he has to the organization, to the team. He's been the best teammate, the best leader. And who even knows? Okay, so say they lose the next game. The next season is going to be starting in not too much, too much right. time. You don't want to, you cannot have a significant injury really happen mm -mm. while you're trying to, you know, be a warrior. And that's a great parallel because we know some injuries are freak injuries, but they are magnified when you are tired. And he has played so many minutes just to get them there. And by the way, whatever happens in this next game in that series or whatever happens with Dame playing or not playing, his story for, oh. for these past oh, or so is written. Man. Come on, he man. Is. He solidified himself. If, if you don't have him in the top five in the game right now, he's definitely in the top ten. No question. Absolutely. All right, guys. I do want to turn our attention now to the police shooting of Jacob Blake, which was captured on video, has sparked an outcry across the nation and from those in the NBA. Blake, who is black, was shot multiple times in the back by police on Sunday in Kenosha, Wisconsin, as he tried to enter the driver's side door of his vehicle. His three children were in the SUV. Blake, who is 29 years old, is hospitalized in serious condition. His father says he is paralyzed from the waist down and that doctors don't know if that paralysis will be permanent. Police have, re re police have released few details. The case is being investigated by the State Justice Department. NBA Players Union President Chris Paul was among those to speak out over the shoot about the shooting over the past few days. I'm emotional just talking about this. I can't even read the prompter. It is so upsetting. Here is Chris Paul. I just want to send my prayers out to Jacob Blake and their family. You know, the things that, you know, we decided to come down here to play for and we said we're going to speak on the social injustice and the things that continue to happen, um, you know, to our people. It's not right. It's not right. So the win is good, you know, but voting is real. I'm going to challenge all my NBA guys, other sports guys. Let's try to get our entire teams registered to vote. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff going on in the country. Sports is cool, it's good and well. It's how we take care of our families. But those are the real issues that we, we got to start addressing. Chris Paul, just one voice. The Milwaukee Bucks organization released a statement, and here is what it read, quote, the Bucks are praying for the recovery of Jacob Blake, who was shot multiple times in the bank by a police officer at Point Blank Range in Kenosha, Wisconsin yesterday. Our hearts go out to his family and friends. We stand firmly against these reoccurring issues of excessive use of force, immediate escalation when engaging the black community. And here was Bucks guard George Hill after yesterday's game talking more about Jacob Blake. Just sickening. It's, it's heartless. It's, it's a f situation. Um, like I said, um, you, you're supposed to look at the police to protect and serve, and, and now it's, it's looked at harass or shoot. What do you feel like you or you all can do from Orlando, from the position that you're in right now? 
I mean, we can't do anything. Um, first of all, we shouldn't even came to this damn place, to be honest. Uh, I think coming here just took all the focal points off of what the issues are. So very strong from Hill there. LeBron James asked about Hill's comments after the Lakers win, and here's what he said. I don't have any reaction to, to George Hill's comment. Everyone has their opinion to, you know, in reaction to what happened. Um, what I can say is that um, if you're sitting here telling me that there was no way to subdue that gentleman um, or, or detain him or to just before the firing of guns, then you, you, you're sitting here and you're lying to not only me, you're lying to every African-American, every black person in the community. Because we see it over and over and over. There was multiple, if you watch the video, there was multiple moments where if they wanted to, they could have they could have tackled him. They could have grabbed him. You know, they, that, they could have done that. Players today continuing this discussion on Blake. Fred Van Vliet had a media session. He spoke very emotionally and thoughtfully about the shooting. And when asked about the potential of a boycott in the bubble, here is how he responded. There are a lot of things being discussed. So he didn't dismiss the idea of a potential boycott there. And Matt, you saw, I think about those three kids in the SUV. And I'm, I'm sorry, I just kind of start to lose it about this. But it, we all, I think, on this set agree about the state of, of what happened there. I do have two of the best leaders the NBA has seen in the last two decades, and I want to take advantage of that in this moment and ask you guys, you heard George Hill, right? You heard Fred Van Vliet say, we're thinking about all the options when someone brought up a boycott. George says we shouldn't have even come here. What do you think players can do now who feel so frustrated, so helpless, and want to actually make a difference? Continue to use their voice. Um, you know, I think uh, Kenny Smith made a great point last night. If we hadn't came to the bubble, we would still hear LeBron. We would still hear Chris. But when we hear guys like George, when we hear, in all due respect to Van Pleet, when we hear his, his cry, his outcry. So I always think there are, our message is stronger when the NBA logo is behind it. It, it. it covers more. But this is why Cap knelt. This is why Colin Kaepernick took a knee, because this continues to happen in our communities. Um, you can say what you want. There's mass shootings, white people commit mass shootings, and somehow they're always arrested. Mm -hmm. Somehow they're always arrested. And then you see countless numbers of unarmed African Americans being killed for no reason. You know, the, the police are here to protect and serve, but some, somehow they've got in their mind now they need to play judge, jury, and executioner. And it's a, it, there's an alarming stat where 1% of officers are charged for shootings and less than 1% are actually convicted. So they don't fear. They don't fear there's any consequences to them because the police union is so strong. So we talk about defunding the police, and I think that's a good idea. I think the verbiage needs to be changed because we do need police officers. But we need to take a look at the, the, the police unions and then allocating funds for situations so like this. This man was breaking up a fight in the neighborhood between two women. He nearly ends up getting killed in front of his children. Now he's paralyzed for the rest of his life. And what's really going to happen to these cops? Now, right now, they're... Paid leave. So you're trying to tell me you can kill someone and go home and just not and get paid and not have to do anything like what? That doesn't sound like punishment to me. Like, that's a cool. You know, if you're still going to pay me and I can go home. So the punishment is trash. It, it continues to happen. And um, we need to figure something out. So like they said, voting is very important. We need three more Senate seats and then a vice president who will 
sign off on this new uh, George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. So it's very important to get to the polls in November. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I haven't watched the video on purpose. Yeah. Um, tired of it. Just tired every of it. Every day. You know, every video, it's the same. Um, so it sucks. You know, it really does. And, and you listen to all the guys and their comments. And make no mistake about it, George Hill had an option. He had a, he had a choice. You know, he didn't have to be there. You know, um, he chose to go join his squad, his team. Um, and, you know, I salute him either way. You know, it's up to him. But, you know, the platform is, the, 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 the lights are a lot brighter, you know, down there. And guys can push their line, push their agenda. You say, what can we do? Right. Um, whatever we do, we, we, we have a ton of leverage as players, a ton of leverage. Um, but you have to do it and be organized. You have to be together. And you got to push push the line, you know. And, and like Matt said, it's, it's more about policy change um, and being able to vote, you know, and things like that. Because you know, of course, we need police, you know. And we can't paint all police with the same brush. We've been victims of that forever. Mm -hmm. um, there's some really good ones, mm -hmm. some really bad ones. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, like Matt says, you just want them to be held accountable. If they make a mistake, because everybody's human. You make a mistake, be held accountable. When we make mistakes, we're held accountable. Mm -hmm. And we just want that to be the same way across the board. So um, it just sucks where we are. Um, but again, I, I'm, I'm proud of the guys down there in the bubble that are using their platform and continuing to talk about what's not going on. You know, um, the NBA has done a terrific job of, of, of giving us that opportunity to be able to do that. And it's, it's, look, I'm, at, I'm back at the jump, it's fun. I'm back calling games, it's fun. They're back playing NBA games, that's fun. But there's some real things going on out there in our communities and at home that we can't forget about. And not only not forget about it, but take action and be helpful, especially when you have the, the, the ability to have influence, you know? So um, we're in a tough spot, but we're, we're all in it together. Um, but we have to be in it together, right. you know? We have to press forward together, so. I could just keep praying and, and, and pray for the Blake family, you know, and for his kids that see that trauma Imagine. happen. Right. Um, yeah. You could just, that's all we could do. Yeah, and, and look, it is not on NBA players to fix America. It is not on black people to fix this. You do not make the victims of oppression fix the oppression, right? Yeah. Um, but you do have guys who want to do something and want to contribute. And I've had conversations with a bunch of them over the past 24, 48 hours who they are frustrated, they are helpless. They know that raising awareness, making the rest of America see what it's like to be them every day has been a big part of the last few months. And that has been really important. And that has opened a lot of people's eyes and that's what sort of the name on the court is and, and the conversations. But I think, you know, we heard from some of the guys there, they feel like, oh, we've been saying it, we've been doing it, we've been saying Black Lives Matter, we've been wearing the t-shirts and this still happens in the broad light of day. Um, I, I have seen players like Chris Paul. He specifically talked about voting. LeBron has talked about, hey, I'm making donations with my organization mm -hmm. to people in Florida who have come out of prison who need to restore their voting rights. That is right. a specific thing right. that they have been able to do that they think will turn part of the tide. So I think that there are players looking for something specific, and that is where the like talk of maybe a boycott or maybe something like that would come up. But you're right, Chauncey, they have so much leverage, right, that Young athletes are the most vocal and visible young black men in America. They have economic power, they have cultural currency, and they frankly have access to billionaires that a lot of the rest of us don't have. And there are team owners in the NBA who support politicians and causes that don't align with the players who are playing for them. And so those conversations 
probably should be had and more Absolutely. of a mix of opinions yeah. and discussions and trying to educate there. So I think what you're hearing right now is the obvious just pain of, of what this is like to keep going through and the desire to do something. And I really commend all of them for wanting to say, what can we do next? Absolutely. What is next? All right. Here's what The Jump recommends for today. Our friend, I am still, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about those kids. Our friend Amin Al-Hassan is hosting the BOMM podcast. It focuses on black issues. He recently had longtime NBA assistant coach Irv Roland and NFL wide receiver Kenny Stills as guest. They discuss what it was like to be among the protesters arrested in Louisville in one of the Justice for Breonna Taylor rallies. It is really, really worth a listen. I would recommend it. We will be right back. Does this place look haunted? No, I don't think so. What about those two creepy girls? Come stay with us. That is truly frightening. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's great service. With Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents. Uh, thank you, creepy girls. Want to see our room? Mm, we're gonna sleep in the car now. Happy Geico-ween. Switch today for 24-7 access to licensed agents. So the NBA likes to call itself a family. But last year, two of the league's most famous clans took that to the extreme. And it's coming to bear in this playoff series we're watching between Dallas and the Clippers right now. The Mavericks' Seth Curry, the younger brother of Steph Curry, son of Del Curry, married Callie Rivers, herself the daughter of Clippers coach <laughs> Doc Rivers, and the sister of Rockets guard Austin Rivers. And hey, they're all playing each other right now, so take a look. The wedding was epic. It was epic, a lot of fun. The wedding was one of the funnest nights of my life. The wedding was, was unbelievable. I still don't get, I think, and I'm going to talk to Adam Silver, mm -hmm. I think there's some kind of tampering or salary cap infringement that the coach from another team paid for a wedding for an NBA player for, as another team, and I think somehow I, I have to get reimbursed. And honestly, you hope you get busted for tampering with that so that yeah. somebody can pay you back all that money. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Listen, you know, I have one daughter. You know, and um, it was awesome. The NBA likes to call itself a family, but this past summer, two of the league's most famous clans took that to the extreme when the Dallas Mavericks' Seth Curry, the younger brother of two-time MVP Steph Curry and son of former three-point assassin Del Curry, married Callie Rivers, herself the daughter of Clippers coach Doc Rivers and sister of Rockets guard Austin Rivers. When you hear Callie is dating an NBA player, what was your first reaction? Uh, I wasn't happy about it, but when I found out, um, when she started talking to Seth, uh, we all had a different feeling. Doc and Dell played against each other in the early 90s. Then 20 years later, Seth and Austin were teammates at Duke, which also led to a friendship between Steph and Austin. There's a lot of, I mean, shared experiences in terms of, you know, the pressure of having a dad that played in the NBA, you trying to create uh, your own path. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun to have a, another father figure in Doc who I can talk to about anything. He gives me a lot of advice, whether it's basketball or off the floor. The families being so closely tied together has caused some extra work for Dell, who is now a broadcaster with the Hornets. Five teams I have to watch, the Hornets, Warriors, Clippers, Houston, uh, Mavericks, so right? Mavericks, absolutely. <laughs> Now, in the Western Conference Finals, you and your wife had those split jerseys trying to represent both sides. Yeah. You're going to have to have like a five-way <laughs> jersey now to yeah. kind of rep all we the may, teams. We may go 
jerseys, hats, socks. Right. <laughs> yeah, we will have a lot of, of apparel. And then there is the matter of the next generation. Seth and Callie have a daughter, Carter, who may have the most desirable DNA in basketball. We've already seen she's 14 months old and has a jump shot already. I kid you not. I'll, I'll put my arms in a, in a basket hoop and she has perfect form at 14 months. I might have to see what the national rankings are on two-year-olds coming out next year because they're probably going down to that level right now. Basketball runs our family. It always has been. Now it's even like magnified because of this family tree of basketball now is crazy. So awesome. Seth said he gets advice from Doc. Probably not during this series, though. <laughs> and Doc needs some advice himself, because one of his right. biggest problems containing mm. Luka Doncic. Mm -hmm. He's just torching the Clippers offensively. Sank that game-winning shot, of course, to even the series at two apiece. So, Chauncey, we'll leave Seth out of it. We'll leave the family connection out of it. What kind of defensive adjustments do you expect to see tonight from Doc and his team on Luka? Well, I'm not sure. I'm, I, I mean, it's tough to trap him because they have so many three-point shooters around, but I think we at least need to see it, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I mean, this Dallas team is number one offensive team in the league for a reason. Um, people just thought the Clippers were going to sweep through them. Like, mm -hmm. no, this is a tough team. Right. They're tough to defend, and when you guys have get confidence, I mean, they got a lot of three-point shooting. The three-point shot is so prevalent in today's game that it makes all games never blow out. It's always close. So. Luka's tough to defend. I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll switch up some things. But here's what I do know, and Matt knows this as well. You can never give a great player a steady diet of anything. They'll figure you out. They'll figure you out. So you have to change up coverages, whether you trap some, whether you show some, whether you drop some. You put different defenders on them. You know, you maybe get physical, yeah. um, a little more physical. I just know in the first game, it was chippy. Yeah. You know, Porzingis gets thrown out. Mm. Uh, Luka's mad, but you know, some players can't play mad. He's always smiling out there. You might have to get under his skin a little bit, so we'll see. But this is, a, I mean, this Dallas team deserves some credit. Clippers need to pray. <laughs> they need to pray. I don't know if they're going to be able to stop Lucas straight up. And like Sean said, giving them different looks. Um, they're smart enough to know they have to screen Kawhi off Luka every time, and then he's switching off to Reggie Jackson, and that's just a mismatch. I would like to see Paul George be more involved in the pick and roll, so maybe he can switch to Luka. But this kid has out exceed all expectations. Oh, man. Uh, if he stays healthy, he's going to be one of the all-time greats. Um, I still don't know if they have enough, but I love what Luka's doing. The Clippers have a team full of dogs, but Luka's the only one barking right now. He's looking at their bench every time he hits a shot, looking at Doc. I love what Luka's doing, but I think like Chauncey said, get physical, get into his body, make him fight, you know, make it a war. Um, but it's great basketball. And you know how else was different that first game? They had Pat Beverly. Pat Beverly missing the past mm -hmm. couple of games. Obviously a bunch of that ingredient. All right, we're going to talk about Paul George's struggles after this break. So stick around for that. But first, as we prep for tonight's game five between the Nuggets and Jazz, here's a look back at the brilliance of Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray in this series. It's been such a fun Another battle. Another one. Another one. Boy, Another one. Shot clock down to four. Mitchell has Millsap on him. He'll pull a three, and he hits a three. Good screen there. Murray for three. Yes! Murray with 50. Jamal had 50, man. Like, we got to give him credit, but we got one more game. But that's where you see the grace step out. Mitchell's got 50. Yeah, what, 57? <laughs> Jamal Murray. Two young guards doing their thing. Murray fires again, and he hits a three. Mitchell and Murray. Oh, what a monster game. Geico presents Monster Counseling. 
Dracula, tell me how you're feeling. No one understands how lonely it is. No one will even let me into their house. I knock and I knock, but they ignore me. Uh-huh. What else? I look in the mirror and... <laughs> I don't even see myself anymore. If you don't see yourself clearly, can you really expect others to? I'm having a breakthrough. It's not easy to be a vampire. But with GEICO, it's super easy to switch and save hundreds on your car insurance. On Thursday, we're going to have two, possibly three, playoff games on ESPN and the app. If the Nuggets win Game 5 and extend that series, we're going to have one for you at 4 Eastern, followed by the Eastern Conference semis between the Celtics and Raptors, then Game 6 of Clippers-Mavericks. And our next WNBA matchup, ESPN 2 and the app tonight from the Wobble in Florida, the Fever take on the Storm. All right, guys, Paul George has had a three-game slump, A Coach Doc Rivers wants him to, quote, just keep shooting to shake out Chauncey, Mr. Big Shot. What do you think? Do you expect him to have a better game tonight? Would you do I, the same? I do. And as somebody that's struggled in the playoffs before, you depend on two people, your staff, which I think they have the best staff in the league, and your teammates. Mm-hmm. They got to help you get going. So I feel like they'll get Paul going tonight. I talked to Paul yesterday and just told him he's got to flush everything, let everything go. Uh, it's always bigger playing for one of these L.A. teams. He's starting to experience that. But there's a reason why he's one of the best player, two-way players in the game. And I expect Paul to step up tonight. All right. When Matt Barnes speaks, you should listen because as we saw today, he has a championship ring. <laughs> a big one, too. Congratulations to Matt. Thanks, everyone, for watching The Jump. We'll see you back again tomorrow. Mom, I think this doll I found in the attic is cursed. No, its eyes are just very lifelike. Then why does its head keep spinning? Be my friend forever. Oh, that is scary. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's easy-to-use mobile app. You can manage your Geico policy whenever, wherever, wherever. Let's play with another doll. Or we can just bury it deep in the ground. Happy Geico-ween. Download the industry-leading Geico app today.